Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Sunday, the 3rd of May. And uh, looking forward to spending time with you together as the family and uh, just rejoicing in how the Lord has been looking after us so well yeah. over these last uh, several weeks. And um, our anticipation is that the Lord's goodness and kindness and faithfulness is going to continue. Yeah. So really is a, a great opportunity for us to be together as the family and to encourage one another. And uh, always good to see each other. And uh, yeah. We are missing everybody. We, the virtual hugs are not working anymore, I will say. I wish, um, I think it'll be great to get back. We're not quite sure when we'll get back. Uh, but we're finding new ways to connect. But uh, the actual connection we are missing. We certainly are. And I'm not sure that virtual hugs even can be classified as hugs. <laughs> but obviously we, we need to be aware of the circumstances that we're in and aware of what it takes to ensure that we're protecting not just so much our lives, but it's what we might do to other people. And I think, you know, as Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's about loving others as we take preventative measures and we, mm-hmm. uh, we abide by what the instructions are coming from the health department and uh, those who've been tracking this virus and, and know a lot more medically. And, you know, certainly we need to acknowledge what we do know as, um, as lay people when it comes to medical things. And uh, because of social media, pretty much anybody who's got an opinion uh, can put it out there and suddenly they think they're an expert. And so we just need to realize who we are and uh, what our lane is and stay in our lane and not suddenly become experts on everything medical. <laughs> During our walk this morning, most people were wearing masks. Yeah. So, um, but uh, somebody sent me this little clip, you might have seen it. But this lady goes out, she happens to be, I think, Australian. And um, her face is, is covered in a face mask. So she has a face mask on and um, the sort of woman's version of a face mask. And she says, they say I have to wear a face mask when I'm going out. I'm not quite sure how this is going to protect me from the virus. But, um, but here we are. <laughs> so ladies, put on your face masks. Yeah. <laughs> you will look beautiful at the end of this time. Make no mistake about that. Oh, that was All fun. right, so good. Well, welcome everybody, and I see a number of you have jumped on. So um, we uh, we kind of like going to make a make a start here. Enough of us are here, so welcome. So good to see you. Good to see people from other parts of the country and other parts of the world that are joining us as the the breakthrough family. It really, is a privilege for us to be able to do this in the celebration of our life in Christ together. And uh, that the Lord has knit our hearts together and uh, caused uh, bonds of love to, to join us together for, for this time. So grateful that uh, you're able to join us this morning. And um, so, yeah, Lisa's going to be painting again this morning. Yeah, continued uh, with, with the theme of Psalm 18. And um, I was just so amazed at, at some of the, the wording about the Lord is our rock um, a, a mountain 
um, a hiding place, a secret place. And so I've taken an iconic South African um, rock in this, in this themed painting, um, inspired by Psalm 18 this morning. So good. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's going to be really good. And I love the, the South African theme is going to be coming through as well. So, yes, for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly. Good. Um, so just a couple of other things just to uh, acknowledge the Lord's goodness and his faithfulness to us as a people. You know, his generosity towards us has enabled us to be generous towards him. And uh, so we've just come through another month end and just to to just overwhelmed at God's faithfulness as we look at the level of tithes and offerings. Uh, and it's right up there, guys. You know, just it's overwhelming because it's, an, it's a sign that God is taking care of us as his children. And it's the promise uh, that he gives us from, from the scriptures. And, and so we're actually walking in the good of his promises, his faithfulness to us. And so just want to celebrate together, you know. Uh, we're in this as a family. And uh, so we just rejoice in the way in which he's loving us and caring for us, providing for us as a family. So just want to bless you for that. And didn't you just enjoy the time of worship we had this morning with Sean Foyt and with Brian Johnson and his sister Leah and uh, just, you know, uh, familiar people and, and worship and just uh, so encouraging, you know, that we just praise the name of the Lord together. Let everything that is breath praise the Lord. So uh, just again, wonderful for us to, to do that. And then uh, just an acknowledgement to all the parents. You know, obviously, we, we had been anticipating that the return of schools would be sooner, perhaps uh, early, maybe even middle of May. But being extended all the way to June was a massive um, shift in the goalposts for so many parents. And, you know, you can look at it like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to make it? And, you know, this is a trial and, and uh, you know, there's a heavy burden. And I know that it's a lot of effort. But I just also want to just point out, you know, as we look for the redemptive purpose in all of this, here's an opportunity for us as parents to be the main influencers in our children's lives. And I was just thinking how the, the change to the curriculum, particularly with around uh, sex education, that we now uh, won't have that thing uh, thrust upon our children in the way in which it was going to be done. And we have an opportunity now, and I want to encourage you parents, you know, some some of your children are still at the age where they, they view you as a parent as being their hero. And I want to say, how about you take advantage of that hero status and you get your word in and, and you speak uh, the truth around God's plan and His purpose for a husband and wife. And, uh, and so use this opportunity with, with uh, time to just talk through things. And, the, you know, you, you, you can actually plan it and you can uh, choose your words more carefully and, and, uh, and so ensure that you're able to process all of this, uh, the birds and the bees, with your, with your children. And so let's use this as a good opportunity and not see it as a heavy, tiresome burden. So, uh, again, we're looking for God's redemptive purposes in, in what we're facing and what we're doing here together. Uh, and then 
Uh, next thing instead, I've heard so many good reports from our community connect group leaders as how things are going, how you're connecting, staying in touch in your WhatsApp groups, praying for each other, supporting each other, releasing prophetic words, uh, giving scriptures and so on. And I uh, just want to commend you for that. That is absolutely magnificent. And then also hearing about how well many of your uh, Zoom meetings are happening on Wednesday evenings. And again, if you're not part of a community connect group, folks, this is the building block of the family. And uh, regardless of whether there's lockdown or not, the Lord places us in family and He causes us to be um, in, in a situation where it's safe, where we can belong, where we can love one another and we can support each other. And so, uh, particularly during this time, uh, get on board. If you're not part of a community connect group at the moment, drop us a, a note. There's a form on the, the website. Fill it out and we'll, we'll get you hooked up as soon as we can. But um, if you are able and you've, you've got the data, jump onto those Zoom calls because it, it's not just that you might be encouraged, but the Lord can use you to encourage someone else. And it's as our shared stories and our journeys and our testimonies of what the Lord's doing, we're able to um, strengthen and build up one another. And that's the whole uh, point of being the body, being the family of God. And uh, so just commend that to you. All right. So as we are praying into what's going on with COVID-19, we're praying into the country, we, we're praying for us as a, a family of God, we, we're saying, Lord, what are you doing by your spirit right now? And uh, just so many of us had a clear sense that something shifted this last week. And, uh, and, and so in the realm of the spirit, we could feel like a heaviness was lifted off the nation and that the, 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 uh, the grip of fear was actually weakened and, uh, and, and that the Lord was releasing a boldness and a courage and a faith to actually throw off that garment of heaviness. And it's almost like fear was wanting to restrict God's people. And so we can sense that there's this a massive uh, shift. It's almost like the tide is turning in the realm of the spirit in terms of that, that wave of heaviness and of fear that was wanting to come against God's people. And so we, we feel that light is breaking through um, and that uh, in the spiritual environment, we're able to connect with the Lord more easily and that we don't need to subject ourselves to uh, the, the, the swirling chaos in terms of the storm and, and particularly the aspect of fear that was uh, coming against people. So I just want to release that uh, prophetically to you that you might also experience it for yourself. You might appropriate in your own heart, your own mind, and that you begin to, to look for uh, the traces of the Lord's light bursting forth into your house and into your family, into your business, uh, into your health, into your relationships, into your finances, uh, and of course into the lives of people around you. Now that we've moved into stage four of the, the lockdown, we're, we're seeing much more interaction between people out on the streets and the, the friendliness, uh, the, the, uh, the, the 
ability to actually have a legitimate uh, engagement and interaction with people around you. And uh, remember, as you're walking and, and jogging, cycling, whatever it is, but look at it as a prayer walk. You're praying the streets and you're praying for the kingdom of heaven to be established, to come down in uh, increasing measure uh, wherever it is that, that you live. And uh, so this is a strategic time for you to go on prayer walks. And um, if you're wearing a mask, people won't see your lips moving as you're praying in the spirit. And uh, so you, in a sense, you can really go for it. But uh, this is a time where we want to call out God's people to rise up and to build up. And so there's much more of an outward focus. You know, when people get caught up in fear, uh, we tend to retreat inward and, uh, and get into self-preservation. But we just want to call the body of Christ to rise up in faith and to look about to, to see how we can be part of the answer and the solution to what God is doing and the shifts that he's, he's bringing. So uh, hallelujah for, for this shift and for this change. All right. So what I want to share with us uh, this morning is uh, the fact that we're in a season of growth. Okay, this is the time, this is the season, this is what God is doing. And uh, so we stepped into this amazing and unexpected and unusual season of growth. Now typically, we would associate with our own kind of way of thinking that growth would only take place when everything's going well and uh, you know we're, we're, we're experiencing freedom of movement and the economy's flourishing and our businesses are doing well and all of these types of uh, conducive environments and that that would be the time of growth and the time of harvest. Um, but I'm, I'm wanting to, um, to just bring to your attention the fact that God is actually busy answering the prayers about increase, about fruitfulness, and about harvest. And he's actually doing it in this time and in the season, that this is actually a season of growth. Now, if we look at what happens in nature and in natural kinds of seasons, with trees, when it goes into autumn and then into winter, uh, many of the trees are dropping their leaves. And, uh, and what happens through that is that the, ex, the, the giving out of nutrients in the leaves and that kind of aspect of growth, that external visible growth is now turned and the sap, the nutrients, whatever, is now drawn from the, the leaves and the, and the branches. It's now back into the stem and into the trunk of the tree and down into the root system. And so in the winter time, there is, is a, um, a, a pulling in towards the center, into the core, and the nutrients actually are driven down into the root system. And it's super, super important for the roots to be established and for them to grow in the time of winter because it's going to be needed for the greater growth in the next season. When the tree grows higher, taller, wider, there's the more branches, more leaves and more fruit. It's the, the preparation for that is in the winter time and through the expansion in the root system. 
And oftentimes in the, the, the winter, there will be this massive uh, blowing of the wind and the shaking that's taking place, um, even as the leaves are blown off, uh, the tree gets shaken. But actually, that's an additive in terms of the growth factor. Because the root system actually needs to be shaken, needs to vibrate, wiggle around a little bit underground. That's going to create the space for the growth for that root system. So even the, the shaking that comes from the storm and, and from the wind is part of that growth process. Now, as we look into our environment now in the world, there's so much shaking. There's like this wind that's blowing the storm, economic storms that are happening and, and uh, support systems and the familiar environment that people were uh, accustomed to has all been blown away and things and lives and institutions are being shaken. And so often we've heard this phrase in, in the last little while that there's going to be a new norm. That uh, we're not going to go back to business as usual, but there's actually going to be a new thing that's going to be established. Well, God is always ahead of us. And God is preparing us for what that new environment, that new season is going to look like. And so in this time of shaking, and uh, actually it's a time of, of, of suffering. For many people, it's a challenging time. And I just want us to look at a couple of things from the scriptures that we might be encouraged that God has got this, that he's got us, and actually he's going to use this time for growth. He's going to use this time preparing us for an even bigger harvest in the next season. So God is not punishing us. He's not abandoned us. God is not taken by surprise. He's not thinking, oh my goodness, my throne is, is, is not able to cope with all this stuff. No, we need to understand that God is well able to cause us to grow in and through these circumstances as much as it's uncomfortable for us and it's difficult and unfamiliar and perhaps what we wouldn't have chosen. But in actual fact, it's part of what He's doing to bring us into His new thing. You know, because the kingdom is advancing and when it advances, it takes new territory. And so new territory means new things, expansion, stretching, all of these new things that God has for us. And so he's preparing us to actually step into all the prophetic words that he's given to us and is released to us. And uh, the and suddenlies will come. They are coming. You know, we, we think about the and suddenly on the day of Pentecost. And uh, as we lead up to the celebration of Pentecost at the end of this month, this month of May is going to be a crucial time of preparation for us that we might step into the and suddenly that the Lord has for us. And uh, more about that in the coming weeks. But my heart is just so stirred uh, in terms of what the Lord is doing and that he's going to be doing and going to be releasing. And we're going to be amazed, overwhelmed, surprised, um, astonished, just as the people were on the day of Pentecost. They were bewildered and perplexed. It was mind-boggling what the Lord did. And, uh, and then obviously from then continued to do. And so his kingdom is advancing and expanding. But before we get there, how do we cope 
with some of the constraints that we find ourselves in, some of the suffering that many of us are experiencing during this time. So um, how about we just take a look in the second uh, book of Corinthians, the letter of Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul is writing and uh, he's speaking about how God's glory is growing, the gospel is spreading, all these kinds of things. And uh, so many people and ministries are used in different ways and capacities. And uh, you know, all that matters really is that uh, the kingdom is advancing. And then he goes on in chapter 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. All right? Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor we do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, it's displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Wow, that's powerful, right? For we, are, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then... Death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. So since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not 
on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. <laughs> Whew. Big concepts that Paul is conveying to the Corinthian church. Remember, the church in Corinth, one of the most powerful supernatural churches in that time. Uh, prophecy and tongues and working of miracles and just all the kind of supernatural stuff that one would expect. They are a church in revival. They're going flat out. And then in the middle of that, these people who understand the advance of the kingdom, experiencing all of the, the immense power of the Spirit. Paul speaks to them and says, now hang on, wait a minute, just remember this glory, this great glory, this light that comes, that shines into the darkness, breaks, penetrates the darkness, this glory that we've been given, it's like a treasure and it's in these fragile clay jar pots. And that's the glory that we have. We, we like the clay pots that are um, the fragile. And uh, it's, it's okay for us to experience and to know our fragility. That we might know that this faith that we have, this eternal inheritance that we have, all of this glory, it's not from us. It's coming from God. It's not because we're so powerful and we're so clever. You know, many times it's when we're confronted with our frailties and our humanity that we're able to see and appreciate and, uh, and, and really value the power of what we have in and through Jesus Christ and through the gospel. And then he says, now listen, guys, this difficulty, this hardship, it's just temporary. It's just light and it's momentary Com compared to eternity, the glory of heaven, the, the, the full establishing of the kingdom, these growing pains. It's just, you know, small things compared to the eternal things. Now, if we see things around us, they're temporary. You know, you, the, the, the things that so often we, we work for, our, our house and the furniture and the holidays and the car and just all of these things, temporary things, the things that we can see pass away. But the things that are unseen, they're the things that are eternal. And, and so what's happening now in this lockdown period this period of constraint, we're confronted with our own humanity and our frailty. But we also experience something of a perspective shift in terms of what is important and what is eternal, what we should be going after, and a recognition that the difficulty that we go through, hey, light and momentary troubles. Now, Obviously, there's a massive context here in terms of the difficulty and the hardship with regards to the spread of the gospel, persecution of the believers, uh, all these different things. And right now, obviously, in lockdown, it's a different type and kind of restriction that we have. So we, we're not confusing the two things here. We understand there's a particular context that Paul is speaking into. 
But the fact is that we do face challenges and we do have some hardship. So what does is, what is the word say? The word says, listen, look at it in the context that is light, temporary, momentary. And that you're going to come out the other side of this thing and remember, allow this thing to work something deep on the inside of you. That there might be an indwelling um, work of the Spirit. That there might be a time of growth, development and expansion of the things that really count. Just want to uh, turn across to uh, Peter's letter. Now Peter again, just the, 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 the guy who just was experiencing so many of the most profound things that took place. When Jesus walked the earth, the guy who walked on water, the guy who got to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration, the, 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 the guy who uh, chopped off the, uh, the high priest servant's ear and saw Jesus put that ear back on and instantly healed. You know, talk about a transplant of note. Um, the guy who, who just saw the ups and the downs and, and, and experienced so much of the, the outbreak of the power of the gospel, the guy who was preaching to Gentiles when the Holy Spirit fell in Cornelius' household. Uh, just this most amazing, powerful, supernatural believer, one of the twelve. And he's experiencing a lot of hardship, a lot of difficulty, a lot of suffering. Right now, he's, as he writes this letter, He's based in Rome, and Rome was the oppressing, uh, dominant world power. They ruled by fear and might, domination. There was persecution that was breaking out against the Christians. And, uh, and so Paul writes to other believers to strengthen and encourage them as they are going through times of difficulty and suffering, right? And, uh, and he doesn't say, you know what, just have a bit more faith and all your problems will disappear. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, there's something wrong with your faith that you're having difficulty. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you've got sin in your life and that's why you're experiencing all of this hardship. He doesn't say that. All right? So he writes to encourage them and to say, you know what, sometimes there are difficulties that we go through. And it's okay to go through those difficulties. But even as you're going through those difficulties, know that God is with you and that He's working something powerful inside of you. He's causing it to be a season of growth. Even in the time of constraint, God is working and causing something good to happen in your life. First Peter Chapter 5 and verse 10. He says, this is from the English Standard Version. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The New Living Translation says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So, after you have suffered a little while, 
He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And He will place you on a firm foundation. Here's the the thing I'm really wanting you to get this morning. Suffering, restriction, difficulty, hardship. It's a little while. Right? We're going to get through this. We're going to come out the other side. But here's the promise that God has for us. Afterwards, He's going to restore. He's going to confirm or support. He's going to strengthen He's going to establish, he's going to put us on a firm foundation. Folks, I am absolutely convinced that this is part of what God is doing to cause the church to rise up into a greater place of strength and of influence in the nation and in the nations. This is not something that the the devil is winning and he's causing the church to lose ground. Not at all. In fact, We're seeing more people turning to the kingdom as a result of the shaking. We're seeing people who were a little bit wishy-washy and weren't sure what what they were on about, confronted with a need of a redeemer, of a savior, have turned towards the living God. And they're seeing their faith being restored. And we're seeing people come into the kingdom in ways we haven't seen in a long, long time. God is working and He's working powerfully in and through the church in this time. But the church isn't meeting. Well, remember, the church is partly a meeting, but the church is also God's people, living stones. And so we are able Outside of the building, because church is never the building, we are the living stones, and Jesus is building us up. And so he's using us in so many ways to touch people's lives through our words of encouragement, through positive, faithful declarations, our social media interactions, the fact that we can shine light into a situation where others are negative and it's doom and gloom and darkness, We come in the opposite spirit. We release hope and courage and boldness. And just a a small word of encouragement can change someone's life. Just the other day, Lisa was um, out um, needing to uh, just get some some medical advice. And uh, so was in a waiting room. And there was uh, obviously huge social distancing and there was a lady in there and she was bent over and had her head in her hands. And uh, so Lisa just, hi, how are you? And, um, and so the lady just said, I am in extraordinary pain and um, my arthritis is, is just killing me and so on. And so Lisa just started just saying, hey, I can, um, I can pray with you and for you. And, uh, and so Lisa just reached out and, and just uh, said, you know, I can pray for you. And I would normally lay my hands on you. But uh, because of social distancing, I don't want to. The lady said, please put your hands on me. <laughs> All right. And so as Lisa did that, the pain went from excruciating pain where the lady didn't know if she could stay in the, um, uh, in the waiting room any longer because of the pain, wanted to leave and go home. 
uh, the pain lifted and completely shifted and changed her perspective. And she said, just even talking to you has changed my life. And, uh, and so, you know, just in small little ways, we can encounter people in, in our everyday interactions, you know, obviously keeping safe distance and all these good things. But we can share life and we can share light and we can share hope, right? And so the kingdom is advancing powerfully. I was talking to somebody else, a business person, um, the week before. And, uh, and they were just saying, there are people in their company, because they've been able to operate as an essential service, he did not know that they were believers. And all of a sudden, because of the crisis, they've come out of the closet and they're declaring their faith openly in the workplace. Guys, the church is advancing powerfully during this time. So externally, the church is advancing. But I want to say internally, you part of the church, the church is advancing. You are growing and expanding. And so at the end of all of this, there's going to be restoration. There's going to be strengthening. There's going to be that firm foundation to raise us up to the next level. And that's going to be on the external. But on the internal, God is causing you to grow and to mature and to develop. And it's through resistance. I just saw on the, the art chat this morning, somebody put on um, uh, an article that was referring to very much the same kind of thing. And it was just recognizing that when there's resistance, we can grow in the natural with our muscles. That's weight training. That's going to the gym. But in the spirit realm, if you want to grow your love, well, there's some resistance to love that you encounter that causes you to love anyway, your, your love increases. Or in a situation which is hard and difficult, that your joy would grow even in, in the spite of a situation which would otherwise not lead to much joy. But you rejoice anyway, and so that, that causes your levels of joy to rise to the next level. This is a time of growth. This is a time of getting those roots down deeper, even though they're shaking. This is a time of shaking. Anything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that the unshakable kingdom may be established, may remain. That's what's happening in the season. The unshakable things of the fruit of the Spirit in your life is being grown, developed, strengthened in this time. So, let me try and bring this to a little bit of a close here. 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Dear friends, verse 12, Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Remember from the book of Colossians, Colossians 1 verse 24, it was exactly this verse, that there's a fellowshipping with Christ in his sufferings. So we might participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So there's a joy that's being cultivated and established through this difficult time. Now, if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Now, if you should suffer, it should not be for doing something wrong as a murderer, a thief, any kind of criminal, even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a believer, 
Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you carry, you bear his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. God comes as the judge. Now remember, the judge is the one who's on our side. And he's come to declare to judge us for freedom. Not for bondage. Not to suppress us. When God comes as our judge, he comes as our deliverer. And so when judgment starts at the house of God, he's coming to bring freedom and deliverance for us as the people of God in this time, in this season. So when judgment begins in the house of God, it's a good thing. It's the deliverer stepping in and to separate out from wickedness and sin and all these kinds of things and to open up the things of the spirit and the things of the kingdom. And so don't be surprised, fiery, fiery trials, these tests, all these things. It's working character, perseverance inside of us that we might become more Christ-like. And, uh, and our joy is going to increase. And I'll just leave you with a scripture you can go and look up. It's James chapter 1 from verse 2 and through verse 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through all kinds of trials. So... In conclusion, much good is going to come about as a result of the season. The good is going to far outweigh the bad. We are people of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't read what the economists say as though that was the Bible. No, we read the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? Scripture says the kingdom of God is advancing. And if we're part of the kingdom, we're going to be on the front foot. We're going to advance. Much good is going to come to us and through us in the season. God is working. God is working in us during the season. Not only is God working in us, but God is working in the world as well. He's organizing and orchestrating things, even as the shaking topples things that need to come crashing down. We are going to see a very different world on the other side of this lockdown. And it's going to be a good thing for many of these uh, institutions.